the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Always a pleasure to catch up with Josh Pick and talk about investments and wealth, managing your wealth as you work toward retirement. We do it every Monday. We call it Money Monday, and you can get a hold of Josh and his team at Aptus Wealth Management at 614-917-1040 on the web. They are located at Aptus, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. Josh, we got a big meeting this week. The Fed meets. People are expecting them to raise interest rates. They've done it three times this year. Do you think it'll be small like it was originally, 0.25 of a percentage point, or do you think it'll be big like it was the last time, three-quarters of a point? Well, you know, the Fed's been pretty clear, although it wouldn't be the first time that they changed their mind, but they've been pretty clear that they're going to continue to raise interest rates throughout the remainder of the year to try and add some cooling effect to the inflation problem that we have. Um, They've indicated, or at least all analysts are indicating, that they believe it's going to be a more significant uh, rate hike in that half a point to three-quarters of a point like they did uh, more recently than in the beginning of the year. Um, and I would fall in line with that. Um, I don't know that they'll go full three-quarters of a point, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did. I think, you know, what's the impact going to be to the market? Uh, anytime the Fed is going to meet, the market is going to start anticipating what they believe the Fed will do. And it almost seems like regardless of whether or not uh, what they think is going to happen comes true or not, the market reacts one way or the other. So, I would anticipate, you know, some more volatility later this week, either on the positive or negative, based upon what the Fed ends up doing. So when they do this, this is the rate. I always hear this is the rate banks charge other banks. So whatever the interest rate is coming out of the Fed meeting, like explain what that rate is. And it's not a rate you can go to your bank and get as much as people might like to. Correct. Yeah, it's the it's the rate that the bank can borrow money at. So banks, believe it or not, need, you know, funds just like everybody else. The bank is... Uh, they used to be called savings and loans because they would loan out your savings. But at the same time, um, their solvency ratio, so a bank only has to have 10 cents for every dollar that you give them on hand. Well, sometimes they have more money lended out than they have than they need uh, available. So they can borrow that money via the federal funds rate. Uh, what does that end up impacting? Well, ultimately, in the long run, it will definitely end up impacting the rate that you receive at the bank for your savings. Is it necessarily congruent? No, absolutely not. What will it affect typically first? Uh, mortgage rates and loan rates. So if you're looking to borrow money, a raise in interest rates is not a good thing. If you're looking to save money, ultimately it will be a good thing. But if you've gone to the bank recently, you're seeing that, that there's a significant lag between the raise of interest rates and what actually hits your pocket. Money Monday on The Answer airs every Monday at 1230 and catch Josh and I on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show Saturdays at 2 p.m. and also 7 p.m. Friday. We'll give you the latest on the markets and our thoughts on how you can purposely plan for retirement. That's what they do at Aptus Wealth. They're located in Lewis Center. You can get a hold of them to schedule a free consultation at 614-917-1040 or at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, Aptus Wealth.com. Uh, 
accurate to say that eventually if they're raising this rate, it'll get to your adjustable rate mortgages? You kind of touched on that, but also your credit cards, home equity lines, I mean, car loans, pretty much everything, isn't it? Yeah, rising interest rate environments are a terrible time to be a debtor. Um, now, the flip side of that is hopefully at least the assets that you purchase uh, will end up having cash flow. In other words, let's say you, you bought a, a house and you wanted to rent it out. Well, you know, if we raise interest rates and people buying houses uh, are paying a higher percentage interest rate and thus a higher payment, the rate that they will have to charge renters will go up. So, you know, over time, and this is driven by the market, but over time, I would anticipate that you'll start to see rent costs go up as interest rates climb. Uh, you'll start to see a whole lot of goods and services get more expensive uh, as they raise interest rates to cry and cool inflation. And you probably think, well, wait, hold on, they're raising interest rates so things don't get more expensive. Holistically, yes, but there will be pockets of opportunity and pockets of detriment, and you need to know which side to play on. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit, pockets of opportunity. Like we've talked about always the theme of any investment is to know why you're doing it and do it for a sound reason and to have a plan. Uh, But not everybody does that, and a lot of people panic. And you talked about when rates go up, the market can be volatile. Uh, And so is it possible for investors to take advantage of other people's panic? I'm thinking about like – Maybe a stock that or a company, and stock is just a share of a company. A company's a good company, but it gets kind of trapped in the backwash of, oh, the market volatility, and maybe it goes down, but it's not a real sound economic reason for it's going down. Are there, are there buying opportunities when the market's volatile, and what kind of opportunities are those? There are, and there will also be some what I would call false opportunities. So I think you know one approach that has worked tremendously well and always works in bull markets is anytime the market dips, you buy. So regardless of the stock, the market goes down, it seems like a good buy, and you buy it. That doesn't necessarily mean that that particular company is a good company to own or even that it's a fair price. It's just a drop, and you'll see people start to do that. Well, you know, XYZ company was at $200 a share, and now it's at $150 a share. I'm going to buy more. Well, maybe that company is really only worth $100 a share, but in the melee and the uh, the hype of what's been an incredibly long bull run in the market, it got driven up exorbitantly beyond where it should have been. Uh, that is not a good buy, but there will be tremendous buys where companies are great companies uh, for whatever reason, either irrational investor behavior or just the way the market reacts. They've taken a bath, and it is a tremendous buy. And the, the real secret sauce, I suppose, is, determining what is the true valuation of a company. Is it a good buy? And those opportunities when the market corrects will come about. You just need to know which ones to buy. Josh Pick is our guest. Catch Josh and I on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show Friday night at 7 and Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. Their firm is located in Lewis Center, 614-917-1040, and their web address is aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Well, you've talked before about the value of having an emergency fund, you know, which I always picture as cash on hand for you know three months, six months, whatever it is. Uh, inflation, 9%, uh, means that your money cash is worth less now than it used to be. Is there any adjustment people need to think about in terms of an emergency fund now because inflation is as high as it's been in 40 years? Well, this is one of those unfortunate times where you still need an emergency fund. But you're absolutely right. It seems like you're going backwards instead of forwards when you're holding cash because of the inflation issue. Now, there's certainly better places to hold cash than others. Uh, you know, the government, for example, is offering uh, essentially inflation-protected T-bills, if you want to call them that, or savings bonds. 
um, where you can earn a pretty significant rate up in that you know inflation-adjusted rate of return uh, level, meaning that you're you're not going backwards. But there's some caveats that go along with that. Ultimately, I think the the suggestion would be don't have an exorbitant emergency fund. Three to six months is plenty for most. And if you have the ability to err on the light side of that, even better. But always remember this. If the stock market corrects and all of your money is in the stock market, not only did inflation affect your money, but let's say we have a 20 or 30 percent correction, and then you have to tap into that money. Not only did you lose because of inflation, you lost because of the volatility in the market. So uh, an emergency fund does a couple of things. Uh, one, great to have. Obviously, you want to have some liquid savings, but it also protects you against having to do even worse things. Uh, by taking money out of the market at inopportune times. And I wish that market was always up whenever we needed our money, but sometimes it's just not the case. You know, uh, talking about the volatility, and as, as we wrap up here, I see all the time when when the market goes down by some big amount, uh, they often couch it or, or phrase it in terms of Mark Zuckerberg lost X million dollars today or Elon Musk lost X billion dollars today. Uh, to bring that down to the level the individual investor do you really lose until you sell? Uh, well, I've learned uh, a long time ago that you know there's something that people in my field consistently do, and we say things like paper losses. And uh, I've learned a long time ago that you should never say that. Uh, it, you know, paper losses still they feel real. They they hit you at the core. You look at your balance sheet one day and you're worth a million bucks, and you look, you know, three months later and you're worth seven hundred thousand. And to say that that doesn't have a psychological impact would be foolish on my part. That said, remember you're owning shares of an actual company. I think we we sometimes remove ourselves from that and say things like, "Well, it's the stock market," and we don't actually attribute that to we own shares of a company. And if you still very much believe in that company and the virility and the long-term uh, success that that company will have then you're absolutely right, Bruce. It's simply just a paper loss, dare I say. And, you know, as long as you're getting paid to own that company via dividend, or as long as you don't need access to that cash for a long period of time, cooler heads historically have always prevailed. Um, The trick is, how do I establish a plan that is palatable enough for me? You had mentioned an emergency fund before. Am I comfortable with the market volatility, knowing that I have an emergency fund, knowing that other things are already met and taken care of, that will help you weather the storms that I believe are still coming. Great advice, and you get more of it on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh and myself on Friday night at 7 p.m. and Saturday at 2 p.m. Josh, as always, thanks so much for your time. You as well. Thanks, Bruce. I never tire of a good guy with a gun story. Sunday night, Pickaway County. Man lawfully in his own home, 11.30 p.m. Here's somebody breaking into his home. Shot him. Killed him. I'm not happy that the guy's dead, but I'm happy that the homeowner is safe. So, Ohio State Fair starting soon. There are people who are worried about uh, the Ohio law that allows anyone to carry. I look at it like the... People in our society who are going to be predisposed to commit crimes have ample guns and ammunition. And it is sad that we live in a culture where uh, we cannot uh, possibly employ enough police to protect us all. And so it is left to the citizenry to protect themselves, like this gentleman did in Pickaway County. 
like the heroic young man did at Greenwood Mall in Indiana a week ago Sunday. And sadly, um, today, Ohio law enforcement is mourning the death of a Clark County Sheriff's deputy who lost his life yesterday in the line of duty. So we live in a violent time, and any measures that the state can take to do what it is first and foremost charged with doing, which is protect the citizenry, that is what it should do. And that is what it has done, in my estimation, by allowing citizens to legally own and carry firearms in accord with the Second Amendment. Not everyone, of course, shares my view of the Second Amendment. Um, I was taking a little downtime yesterday afternoon after church, and I flipped on television, and it uh, treated me to an interview with Wyoming Congresswoman Liz Cheney. Brett Baer of Fox was interviewing her about the January 6th commission, which she co-chairs. And she, uh, it's so interesting to watch Liz Cheney's body language during interviews about the January 6th commission. Because, first of all, you see her dad, Dick Cheney, in her (laughs) 100%, okay? But whereas Dick Cheney had disdain for Democrats, Liz Cheney has disdain for Donald Trump. It is very clear that she is consumed with some kind of toxic hatred for Donald Trump. And it has blinded her to uh, her own detriment because the polls show that in her bid for re-election to Congress, and all Congress people have to run every two years, she is hopelessly, hopelessly behind the Trump-endorsed candidate in Wyoming. Now, I never had this on my radar, but Brett Baer had it on his, and he asked, and it must be a serious possibility, at least in the mind of Liz Cheney. I assumed she was going to just take her medicine, own the courage of her conviction, and take the bloodbath in the congressional election, and then fade into the woodwork as a lobbyist making hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever Long-time Congress people who are as well-connected as Liz Cheney have available to them as sources of income after they finish, quote-unquote, serving the public. But no. Brett Baer asked her, and I almost laughed out loud when he asked her, if her willingness to press forward as the face of these hearings, which are clearly geared to get Donald Trump, And it's interesting, the way this January 6th hearing works and the way the trial of the WNBA basketball player Brittany Griner worked in Russia, they're almost exactly the same, right? All the people, LeBron James and others, are very, very upset that Brittany Griner was on trial in Russia and that her attorneys would do nothing to defend her and that the judge in the case would do nothing but read the charges and pretty much admit guilt. That's the January 6th commission. That's pretty much how it works. And Liz Cheney's the one leading it, or co-leading it. And so Brett Baer said, you know, is this just something you want to do because you really believe it, or... And here came the funny part of the question. Is this a strategy you have to position yourself for a 2024 presidential run? Liz Cheney? As a Republican? Or as a Democrat, I'm like, she doesn't have a chance as a Democrat because her dad's Dick Cheney. And she has 
less than zero chance as a Republican. But the fact that she gave it a serious answer, or at least she offered an answer that told me she is taking it seriously. I haven't really, uh, at this point, I have not made a decision about uh, 2024. Um, and I am really very focused on on the substance of what we have to do on the select committee, uh, very focused on the work that I have to do to represent the people of Wyoming, um, and I'll make a decision about 2024 down the road. Uh, but I do think as we look towards the next uh, presidential election, uh, as I said, you know, I believe that our nation stands on the edge of an abyss, and I do believe that we all have to, to really think very seriously uh, about the dangers we face and the threats we face, and, and we have to elect serious candidates. Uh- She's not wrong. We are on the edge of an abyss, but we're on the edge of an abyss because of people like her, people who would allow a wide-open southern border, people who would prioritize a climate agenda at the expense of American jobs and American energy. People who would confound proven biology because they feel like it would be the right thing to allow someone to portray themselves as a sex opposite that of which they were born. That is why we were on the precipice of an abyss because as i said at the speech that i gave at the trump rally in delaware a couple months ago a nation disintegrates when it ceases to recognize things that are obvious that's not my quote that is gk chesterton the english theologian's quote and it is true a nation disintegrates when it ceases to recognize things that are obvious now it is obvious to the washington post that joe biden is a, well, he's a lame duck already. The headline today in the Washington Post, Quit Joe Quit. Biden could save the midterms with a one-term pledge. The author, Stephen Eisenberg, former publisher of New York Newsday and a Democratic strategist to Mayor John Lindsay in New York back in the day, said Joe Biden should announce now that he will not run for re-election in 2024. He should not ask the Democratic Party or the nation to assume the risk of a second four-year term that would begin after he reached the age of 82. Now, you might think this guy would then go into all the reasons why Biden is a failed president. No, no. He goes on to talk about what a great president Biden has been and that people just refuse to give him credit for being a great president and that if Biden would promise now not to run in 2024, he could devote all his energies to, quote, moving public opinion and Congress over the next two years. Biden stands a better chance of a favorable congressional result for the Democrats in November's election and of being able to pass legislation during the rest of his term if the focus is on the House and Senate candidates, on their positions, rather than on his age and his presidency. Yes, because his presidency is a failure. That is why. And it has nothing to do with his age. It has everything to do with his incompetence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.